show is brought to you by Coocullen Sportswear. Check out their website for great deals on teamwear on www.coocullensportswear.com or the Coocullen Sportswear Facebook page. Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Uh, delighted to be joined by Sean O'Sullivan and Kieran Shannon um, from the um, Irish Examiner. Um, but Kieran, to you first. Um, Dublin's domination, it's, I suppose it's everything that's being talked about after the semi-finals this week. Uh, and what do you make of it all? Yeah, well, I would say, first of all, you, you have a confluence led to their dominance and I, I want to say one thing like I, I was just reading Eamon Fitzmaurice before we came on and he was saying like if Kerry had won last year a lot of this conversation would be moot I don't know about that I mean I, I wouldn't write off Mayo beating Kerry, uh, Dublin but it, do, it shouldn't change the conversation because what we'll say is like it's not whether Dublin go on to win six or seven in a row it is Dublin are geared to win eight out of ten as a county uh, you're asking about the dominance I mean First of all, it has to be said what the strategic review, and I, I remember being there the day it was it was launched by Sean McCaig and Sean Kelly, a county man of Sean's, was there, and um, Dublin had to be tackled. It had to be tackled. Peter Quinn, the former president, was also part of that strategic review, because like in the late nineties, it's hard to believe, even though it was only four years after Dublin won. I remember like a year, like nineteen ninety nine, like you'd be going around. You'd be going around Dublin. There would be no outside of just the, the day the team that was playing in championship. There was the, the Dublin football and Dublin GA had a very poor self-image. It, it it wasn't exciting the public. It wasn't not enough people were playing the game. So they identified like and and at, it was at a time when Leinster rugby was on was beginning and and, and the Irish national rugby team. So Brian O'Driscoll was the rock star. And you have to give it to Dublin because, and I remember it was around the time the GPA was coming to prominence and they said, like, we want a situation where we want our players on the billboards. And you have to say, like, you've had that with Dublin where uh, Bernard Brogan was able to go up against a Johnny Sexton or a Robbie Keane. Like, the Dublin football team are more marketable than the Irish national soccer team at the moment. So, like, that's a, that, that, and that's good itself for the GA. So they recognise that uh, something had to be done. So what they did was they gave extra funding to uh, so that there'd be these games development officers. So you had a generation of player, actually, the Vinnie Murphys and Paul Currens were among the first of that. And uh, it got better funding through Bertie Hearn, Charlie McCreevy, etc. And they now have basically a GDO for every two clubs in the county. And it has worked. And we were just saying there, Sean and myself, that you know, like you wouldn't necessarily want those people unemployed. And the way the funding worked was half it was funded through central funds and half it was funded by the clubs themselves, which has to be pointed out. Now, the question, I think, is should the other half now be paid by Dublin J itself now that it's up and running, that it has an AIG sponsorship? And should that only, you know, that that's not just exclusive to the senior team, that that rolls in and that that extra funding that would have gone into Dublin to pay half the salary does that go now and that you get those coaches around the rest of the country and you roll out the Dublin model around the country starting on that I mean there's several other issues to Dublin but I don't know if you have uh, any views on that about uh, do we use that part of the model to just roll out elsewhere 
rather than get rid of that model. I think that would be a huge start, Kieran. Um, I see it myself here. I would have gone around uh, coaching in schools and stuff um, after I retired and I got involved with development squads down here. And uh, look, Kerry are in a good place in terms of, you know, they, they wouldn't be anywhere near Dublin in, in terms of the, the funding and, and what they have available in, in terms of, of G, in GD, GDOs. But we're okay. We're in we're in a good place. But you look around the country, and you know we don't have to mention the counties that are really struggling, and and they're nowhere. They're they're not even in the same ballpark as what Dublin are are, are able to bring to the table when it comes to those type of that type of manpower and that type of uh, expertise as well. You know, I mean the the the, the people that Dublin are, are able to to put into place. That's that's huge, and you you have to you have to look at the numbers as well. I mean. It's fine to say that uh, we can, and, and I think it would be a start, but it, it's grand to say we can roll out GDOs um, similar to what Dublin have done uh, around the rest of the country. But you have to look at the popular, you know, you have to look at what the, the, the GDOs have to work with as well. I mean, like mm -hmm. in Dublin, you're talking about a huge population. And before we came on air here, you were talking about... Pat Gilroy and what he was talking about last night in the Sunday game in terms of his long-term his long-term vision um, and you can agree with some of what he said and disagree with with some of what he said but he's looking down 20 30 years time not 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 Dublin winning six or seven all Irelands in a row so I think it's it's it, it has to be looked at in terms of okay we need to roll out these people to the the weaker so-called weaker counties. But at the same time, you know, with the numbers available because of population, you know, it's there's only there's only so many good apples you can pick from the orchard, like you know. So, and, and you know, GDOs are, are are sent out there, and and money can be pumped in to try and get these kids from these lower population counties playing the game. I mean, that was the original, as you pointed out rightly there, that was the original focus of the Dublin plan. It was to stop these young boys, girls going playing soccer, rugby, whatever, and try to get them switched over to playing Dublin GA, which they have done and done quite successfully. But yeah, it, it, it's 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 uh, it's it's an onion with many layers, like. And uh, mm -hmm. but I definitely think your your point there would be a good start. It would be a very very good start because it's 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 getting those it's getting that manpower and getting that that type of expertise through the GDOs into the other counties which would certainly be a help start. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we have, I'll always use the example of, um, I remember being at a conference years ago where there was a guy from Chelsea, Mike Ford was the director of football there. And he talked, he met Billy Bean from Moneyball, do you remember like, yeah, you know, yeah. with the Oakland days. And uh, he was describing who they were. And Bean used to talk about how there's two types of organizations. There's either um, smart, which the Oakland days were, but they were small. And then there's, you know, rich, big ones, but they tend to be dumb, you know? Mm -hmm. And and then when you have both rich and smart, that's, he called it the worst evil. Dublin are the worst evil. And I think we have to recognize how smart they've been. And that has to be acknowledged. Um, whereas, you know, like I'm coming from, a, I'm originally from Cork. And I would say as a county, we over the last prior to Kevin O'Donovan's appointment uh, two years ago, Cork were an example of a. You know, they weren't. Uh, they should have been 
set up like that and they probably were in the 70s and 80s when Frank Murphy was fresh and new but you know it really stagnated from the mid 90s on into you know it took three strikes to win those three All-Irelands and hurling of football like I, I think Cork you know in 15 years we could be talking about splitting Cork because Cork is a county that if it had its ducks in a row and it's beginning to get its ducks in a row uh, could be a monster as well and it has while Dublin has the general population Cork traditionally because Gaelic games have been stronger there has the playing population mm. so like when we're you know Gilroy was touching on it like you have to give it to a Mayo like how they've been so competitive and in any other era would have won two or three All-Irelands um, along with like Kerry will always be there um, but what you do have in Dublin what I found and I, I did the Brogan book just there this year and like it again is a perfect storm what I found like when I was like when Sean was playing there in the noughties I would spend a lot of time in the north um, when you had just such a coaching culture in the north like um, you know, people like the John Morrison's, who uh, Mickey Morrison's, who, who who went. But the the whole Tyrone, like if you went to a coaching course there, it was packed. Um, I didn't feel that coaching culture was as prevalent in other counties, whereas in Dublin they now have that. I mean, if you're taking a Kilmacud or whatever club team, they're at like you know, I'd be, I I would regularly go to those kind of things and. The, you know, the amount, that, like they will, the people who give those service providers, let's say in any aspect, strength, conditioning, skill acquisition, whatever, psychology, they'll say like, they'll rock up to a club in, in Dublin and there'll be 60 coaches there. Whereas if you went to a county, you'd be lucky to get that. Mm -hmm. So they have galvanized the whole county and, and, and that, is, that part is repl replicable. I do find there's a couple of things and look, can anything be done about it at this point? Gilroy was on last night and between himself and Castello, they thought very strategically. Sean, I'm just trying to calculate in my head. Was your last year 10, was it? 2009. 2009. 2009. 2009. Oh, you got, yeah. out, you, you got out the right way, man. That's the way to do it. But and So you were part there when the start Learwigs, right? Yeah. One of the things was, I think that hasn't been given... Uh, Kevin McStay has been talking a lot about venue equality is the term he's, he's, he's and he's talked about how Port Leash or has never hosted a Leash Dublin Championship game and they've been playing for over 100 years. Um, I do think a huge factor was in 2011, Dublin moved their league games into Croke Park. Yeah. And I don't know what the rent, the cost of hire is because there's two, there's two benefits to that. And I don't know what the rate is. Like, and you 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 nearly ask. I mean, it sounds because it. I think it has helped the profile of the national league in general that there are games in Crow Park in February and March, and Air Sport or whatever are showing those games on a February night, and the floodlights in Crow Park is the backdrop, and it looks great. But the difference is what the the, the leg up that's given. If you look at it, 2011 was the first year they went in, Sean, mm. and 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 you'll all will all remember how that year's All Ireland finished which was Cluxton. But if you remember that league game that year in the spring series, Dublin beat Kerry by a last minute point. Brogan got a, a ball, uh, got a point off Mark's uh, right. fingernails. And the, the 
boost that they've got. So the way I would compare it, because what you often hear is, look, nobody was complaining about this in the Kieran Whelan era, let's say, right? But you take Kieran Whelan, and yes, Dublin were playing them for most of their championship games in Crow Park Bar, was it one year they went to Lanford in 05 or so, or 05 or 06. But other than that, every what happened was, but Kieran Whelan would be beaten in August, and he wouldn't see Crow Park again till May or June, okay? Mm-hmm. So while he got to know it in those three months, you have a generation of Dublin player, two generations though of Dublin player, that, uh, like the Paddy Andrews generation, Paddy hasn't been getting game time this year. So, but he, when he when he broke back into the squad in 2011, you are playing a national league game in the last weekend of January or first weekend of February in Crow Park. And the way I would compare it to is, I, I have a kitchen in there and I have two fridges, right? Now I know exactly which one has the milk and where to go to the milk. Even the Mayo boys and the Kerry boys were so familiar with Crow Park. They know there's a milk in one of the two fridges, but they mightn't be sure of which fridge. Whereas a Conor Callaghan has just walked in. He's, he's on the walkman or on the phone getting the milk. It's just so familiar to him. It is, and I saw Mark O'Shea have a line saying, uh, I no long, longer look at it as a national stadium. I look at it as Dublin's home venue. Now, so I, 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 there is just that question. If you're talking about venue equality, are, are you looking at discounts for Kildare and me? Because you have to look at it. Like, if you're to be strategic on it, with their populations, there should be two counties right there. They should be doing what Monaghan and Mayo have been doing. Would mm. that be fair? Yeah. And, and so, so do they start playing every second home league game there? Because what, what, what you have a situation is, and now Mead have been an example of a dumb evil rather than the worst evil. They, they have not been... Um, when you look back on it, it was a miracle they were winning in the 80s and 90s. That was Boylan and, and some um, exceptional players. But, you know, even then you could see their board wasn't on it and it caught up with them in the 90s and into now they're beginning to work. But but one of the, so th- there's much more they could be doing. But you'd also say they're having to redevelop Park Talton. Like if you're building a team rather than a stadium, like would you be better putting some of that money into where Croke Park becomes like a second home to you? I don't know, mm. but I, I'm, we're just throwing out different things like this. But the only thing we have to remember too about the funding of the coaching and everything, and we're saying it could be more replicable as well, it's also for Dublin hurling. Mm-hmm. Like we're not talking about, but like if Dublin were to win a hurling All-Ireland in the next two years or whenever, We'd be saying it was all worth it, wasn't it? Brilliant, you know. And yeah. we've kind of forgotten that because they haven't been as competitive as they were in the Anthony Daly era. But we've to remember that it also has kicked on with the Dublin ladies. The ladies like, who just took yeah. the words out of my mouth, yeah, yeah. And it's Dublin they're, 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 they're in their seventh final in a row, is it or sixth final in a row, to, and going for four in a row, is it? Seven, no, it'll be seven finals. Yeah, yeah. they're going for a four in a row. Yeah. So it's 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 obviously it's across the board. It's across the board, you know. Um, and and like that, we're probably saying that you know, Cork lady dom- the Cork ladies dominating. We, we all probably cried out for somebody to come and compete with them, and now Dublin are doing this, and we're kind of going, well, hold on a second, it's the same thing happening here again, you know. And you're right, Kieran. If the Dublin hurlers were to win in All Ireland, with everyone would go, geez, isn't it great to see somebody else bar the the powerhouses of your Kilkenny's, your Tips, your Limericks, your Corks, whoever winning in All Ireland, and it could go the same way. It could go the same way because all they need maybe is one. All they need is one, and it, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think I think it'd be very hard. But the point is, it would be great. And so, like, like it's been argued, like it's been pointed out that 
in they've only won one of the last 36 miners uh, well, uh they've, you know no they're they're on the verge they're in that final against Galway aren't mm-hmm. they in that under 20 final so i think yeah. that'll be five or six of the last 11 under 20s so they have another conveyor belt i remember it being put to me i did a piece um and gilroy touched on it the country people within dublin so they, like they're not rooting for dublin i i did a piece on them i i, in, I interviewed various country people culties working in dublin J, and they were making the point that all this stuff that we've been talking about the funding etc that hasn't been as much for what has gone like a jack mccaffrey you know the brogans the dean rocks they were going to be playing ball anyway but it's actually the Kieran Archer generation coming, you know, mm. that, 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 that's, that's what's uh, possibly frightening. But mm. it's, um, but the only thing I would say is, so we've to be, there's parts of the Dublin thing to look at that should, we should be seeing, can we bring that to elsewhere? Um, and, and I would also say off the current team, this has to be said, um, they are exceptional. And we talked about coaching culture within the, Dublin, uh, J, and particularly football, but within that setup itself, I would say they have the best training sessions, and it's not just because they're the best players. Like, I mean, I happen to write Sean a book with one of Sean's colleagues and Karen Donaghy, and is all always very grateful for those. But Kevin McLaughlin, Ted O'Shea balls that were being played yesterday that you used to play in, and. But like I remember, like Kieran would talk about the frustration of even going into the 2011 final. If you remember, I don't, I don't know if you got seen that part in the book, Sean. Did you? Uh, where he talks about you, you were gone by 2011. But I don't know if you saw it in the book. But where he talked about how, like, and he remembers the first year you were out in 2010. He was talking about being out there in the down game and said, "We haven't planned for this. Like, we're you know seven or eight down. Like, do we? Or, or, and they were bombing balls in, trying to get the goal right away, rather than right, we go and take a few points. We make them hear the footsteps, then we go for the goal." Mm-hmm. They hadn't worked where he had come from a sport like basketball. He had been um, exposed to uh, the coaches, the club coaches that Jason Sherlock would have had at St. Vincent's basketball with a coach Kieran at under 15 international basketball. Uh, Joey Boylan, you'd hear about, and David Simons. And he was saying, like, he was going up to Irish under 15 setups, and we'd be saying, right, we're six up with two minutes to go. What do we do? We're five down with 40 seconds to go. What do we do? And they would run these scenarios. They wouldn't just yeah. talk about them. And what I'm saying is, and, and Kieran was talking about after the 2011s, going into the 2011 final, they had gotten over Mayo in the first year of Horan. And um, he said, Jack said, right, lads, what do you. Any suggestions here now to help us get over the line? Anything open? And Kieran said, um, well, look, we, we just go up and play a ball when we have in-house games. Like, we should put a clock, like, have scenarios, you know? And Jack says, I'll give you a bloody scenario. There was five balls kicked in between you and Kafferke the last day, and you won't feck all of them. So there's a scenario for <laughs> you, know? you, know? <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, but the point is, is that those kind of scenarios, that... Um, and it will be fascinating what Mayo come up with because uh, previously when they've gone up against Dublin, particularly on, in James's time, they play a brilliant brand of attacking football, but it, they're vulnerable to goals at the back. And Tip actually ended up exposing that in the last quarter. Um, Just going to your point there about the quality that Dublin have and their, their sessions, uh, Kieran, I agree. I, I think they're training. We're not giving Paul any word in here yet. But, uh, um <laughs> 
I, 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 I'd love to be a fly in the wall at their sessions, but I, I would certainly think even moving from Gavin to, to Desi Farrell, um, I'd say a lot of their sessions would be scenario based. And you, you just know, like, you know, they've set ups for nearly everything. It's like they've every box ticked. Um, I mean, the, the most obvious one for the naked eye watching a game is, is you know, when their halfbacks is coming up the field with the ball and, you know, the arm goes up in the air to signify there's something going on. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knows it's to signify something. It's just nobody knows what it is. But And you can see, you can call it robotic and you can call it boring or you can call it set up or whatever. It works. It's 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 just, it's it. I, I find it very intriguing to watch. Um a tough one for me to admit is um, myself and a friend were back and forth on WhatsApp the other day and we actually decided to pick a team, a 15, based on the Kerry 15, or the best players available to Kerry, and the Dublin subs. Not the Dublin first 15, no, the Dublin subs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we came up, we had and seven of the Dublin subs on that 15. Now, that's only a, an opinion of two guys, but mm-hmm. I think that's their quality is just ridiculous. And that comes from, and you're, you're dead on, it, it comes from, it's the next conveyor belt coming up. And, and it's, the, it's the seamless way in which the likes of the bugglers and the merchants and the, the smalls, it's just the seamless way that they come in. They, they, they nearly come in unnoticed. Like, there's nobody talking about the loss of... There's nobody talking about the loss of Jeremy Connolly. There's nobody talk, there was nobody talking about... Um, the fullback that went away travelling there a few years you know, ago. Carol, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it no, just... no, because because no, because what we have now, like, because let's say when that 2013 team came along, and within a year they were nearly invincible, and Donegal then beat them, right? But like throughout that 2014, that was the first year they really gave it to me, and they looked incredible. And they, then they gave Monaghan a tank in, and, and they went on in 2015. Even though, like, you have to get, and I think Kerry along as well as Mayo, haven't got enough credit. I know one All-Ireland is seen as a poor return in Kerry. And, and you know, they, they got uh, breaks that year, you could argue. But, like, those games between 2013 the league final in 2017, you know, and then obviously the two All-Irelands last year, Kerry have not got enough credit for... They're as good at games along with the... Those three teams, like, you were a part of a great trinity of uh, Armagh, Tyrone, Kerry, and bar maybe the games in all three that were a bit ugly for because Tyrone just wanted to get over the line. That was that was brilliant, and it was equitable. Each team mm. got their All Irelands, right? Mm. Uh, but I, Kerry and Mayo have yet to get their All Ireland. But I think those three, those games have been as good as ever have been Absolutely. played. Like, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Like and, um, but I, I I digress a bit there. I, 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 but the point is, is that 2013, that Dublin team, even of tw- of 2015, that won the first of the five in a row. It's just going every day. If you go through, all right, Cluxton's still there, but you go through the fullback line. Philly McMahon now is a fringe player. He mm-hmm. he's coming on at the end. O'Carroll is gone, as you said, right? Darren Daly retired. He always got game time without being a starter. That's your fullback line. Halfback line, you said Jack McCaffrey. Keno Sullivan hasn't seen the field, mm. right? You know, the likes of Tomas Brady and these guys. That's your, your back line. McCauley hasn't seen the field, mm. right? Yeah. Like, who else from midfield have you had through the years there recently? Dennis uh, Bastic and these guys. Dennis Bastic, yeah. right? And then, like, yeah. you take it. Like, we thought we'd... Like, Brogan was exceptional like Conley exceptional Paul Flynn yeah. first guy outside of a Kerry to win four all-stars in a row gone 
forgotten, Gone. moved on. Yeah. Because yeah. like you take a Niall Scully, as you said, it, it was it was it's Bugler now. It was yeah. Scully. Like after they lost that 2017 league final, they had they started with Conley, Flynn, Brogan. Didn't start again. No. First round in Carlo, but yeah. Conor Callaghan, Scully come in. Yeah. Yeah, and seamless as you seamless. said. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that, the guard, you wouldn't even notice it. You wouldn't even and, notice it. I know. Sean was part of a Kerry team that I w- I remember writing an article called Kerry every year from about '96 on produced one marquee forward every year. You know, I thought we wouldn't see anything like it again, but these guys are doing it. I mean, even like we were wondering who's Robbie McDavid because on paper I was looking at that Dublin team before the game. I was going. You know, is it the aura? You know, would you be really be afraid of Owen Merchant? You know, would you be really Robbie McDade, Davy Byrne? Like, I mean, yeah. it's not like a, even Michael McCarthy or a Barry Owens or you mm. know, he's he's not a name. No. But my God, he's fullback with Dublin. He just does the job, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. But it is they have a collective like that's they are greater than the sum of their own parts. Yeah. Because you know, you look at that Mayo team now on paper, and obviously. They, 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 they are even better than the sum of their parts. But is it to the same as Dublin? Because on paper, again, like, but as you said, like Bugler has been, um, he, he's a serious player. And no, look, there, um, we could go on all day about it. But I do think long term, it wouldn't surprise me if, if in fifteen years' time we are looking at some split. Because what I would say is Dublin can't have it everywhere. Because one of the things that came in. When that strategic review, they were saying, right, we'll give you all this money. We're suggesting there's two Dublin teams underage. Would have been of senior. Oh, yeah. yeah. And John Bailey and the board, uh, they kicked up huge fuss about that. Now, I think they were, they, I think it was kind of said after it was just to float the idea. Okay. Um, and there's a case for, like, one of the reasons Colm O'Rourke would have the argument that he would have is that. Um, you would have that number 50 player in Dublin would be number 15 in a lot of counties. And that guy has been denied the experience of playing county football. So should Dublin, that's one of the reasons why Dublin should have a three, three or four teams. But like you could argue then, well, let Dublin have their main team and then let them have another second or third team. But then that's just providing another conveyor belt and advantage for them. Because I'm sure Kerry would love to have a second team and to be developing these guys. So, um, but I, I do think we're going to be looking at something different But uh, um, in football. Uh, but the, the important thing is, is that other counties now that are in a position to do something, the Corks, even the Galways, and and and, like, and it's not just in football. Like it's, I'm looking at in hurling. Like I'm living here in Clare, and like we don't have a commercial manager. Like Mayo have started getting their. Have you you've a commercial manager in Kerry? No, Sean. I'll look. Uh, there, there, there was one. There was one, but I think he left the post, and I'm not sure was he replaced. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's the it's the way it's the way they ha- it's the way boards have to go now. It it, it has to be like it has to be. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it's the way it's the way of the world. Like you know. But um, yeah. I don't know. Look, I'm just hoping for a good final. I really am. I I'm just hoping for. Would you be afraid we won't get it? Would you be afraid we wouldn't get it? Uh, the the the, the way Tipperary opened up uh, Mayo yesterday would leave me very worried. Um. 
now maybe they can tighten it up in, with a couple of weeks and maybe it was a good thing for them going into a final uh, to see that. But, geez, I think Dublin are licking their lips, to be honest with you. I, I don't think it, it could get very bad, but I think Mayo will, will certainly put it up to them. But I can't see any other outcome, to be honest with you. But mm. I could be wrong. I could mm. be wrong. And do you think an answer could be, Kieran, uh, maybe to get rid of the provincial championships? Because there were shocks this year, but like going back previously, I suppose not this year, there hasn't been that many shocks in the provincial championships. I think I think you can't get rid of the provincial championships. I just think what you can do is rearrange where it is in the calendar. Like there'd be a lot of gnashing of teeth, and like I often use it now. Like you take Connor Sweeney got his monster medal, and I, I use up until three weeks ago, I'd always talk about Eamon O'Hara with his Connacht medal in two thousand and seven, and that the that the grandchildren know what that medal was. Um, but what I would normally do is uh, instead. The National League is, at the time, it's seen as a great competition, but I don't think anybody would say, oh, whatever happened to the National League? I would nearly go in February and March, I would have kind of a provincial league stroke championship. Are you with me? So that um, oh, the top two or three, you might have a semi-final and a final in, a, in the smaller province in Connacht and uh, Munster and maybe the top two in um, you have two groups are you with me where you have maybe a round robin of four or five games in the provinces and a provincial final and the four winners of that could maybe play your national league or something in at um, while uh, but I, I, that's where I would normally go like in other words the prime dates look this year there was a lot of this year was um, has been brilliant right uh, but, you know, there was a lot of excitable talk on social media after a shock like Monaghan even losing to Cavan. Um, obviously, Cork Kerry, Cork Tip. Um, but this year was exceptional, not just because of the circumstances, because even like when the draw was made, this year was the first time in eight years where Cork and Kerry were on the same side of the draw. It was always going to open it up. Like, I'm living in Clare, and deep down there would have been a feeling that, God, like Clare would have felt for many years that they were possibly the second best team in Munster, but they just never got to show it or get to a provincial because they were always playing the best team in Munster. This was their year. They messed up, tip beat them, tip in fairness took the advantage, but you always could see, geez, Cork could slip up Kerry. And then they could be Cork, and that's exactly what happened. Like, whereas in another year, this year was just exceptional. I think people got overly excited by it, and the weekend proved. Like, there's a lot of talk about the makeup of semi-finals that we got, but look at the semi-final. Look at the yeah, we got two novel semi-finalists, but look at the semi-finals we got because the one thing about Gaelic football, like over the last 15 years, we've had great semi-finals, like. Like the, if you look at the amount of semi-finals, like Sean, you were involved in a lot of them. You know, like um, from 2005 on, we almost every year, every semi-final because the championship got between either teams going through the front door, or there was a back door for a Tyrone losing to maybe Donegal in the quarter-final. Like you even take last year, like Mayo, right? They were well beaten in the second half, and it was their seventh game in eight weeks. But that like. Croke Park was rocking like at halftime that day. Like you were saying, this is what it's about, mm. right? Whereas Mayo had been beaten by Riscama. Now, God, 
and I, I, it's what I, I, I was on a podcast there, RT there with Spillane, and the way I put it was I was afraid Cavan would get the Riscommon treatment. Riscommon won Connacht last year. They were in the same Super 8s group as the Dubs. Blitz, like something like 227 to mm-hmm. 14 points or whatever. Uh, whereas Mayo go there. Last year, Kerry, Car- Kerry Tyrone, like that was a nip and tuck game. Mm-hmm. It goes Kerry's way. Like proper football we got. Like so, it might they mightn't have been novel semi-finalists. I I would think there was merit in the Super Eights to a point, but uh, you know it it compounds this advantage the top counties get, whereby they're getting exposed to those three or four games, whereas you know um, other teams like even a Clare here who just missed out on the Super Eights only don't get a, that exposure to games, etc. Whatever about the Super Eights, I thought the All Ireland quarterfinals overall was working. Um, like you know, so it, it, and we got that meant we really got we got four top teams in the last four, and we got very good semi-finals because whatever like it like what has sustained us through this is is because of those great games that um, the likes of Kerry and Mayo have been given Dublin. Um, so uh, you're you're asking me about getting rid of the provincial championships. Um, I, I, I think there's still a place for them, Paul, but um, it's just where they are in the calendar. Like, Sean, for someone like yourself, well, you know, you've won your share of provincial medals. Like, what way, what would you do with them? No, I'd be, I'd be in agreement with you, Kieran. I, I, I would maintain it somewhere. I think it's very important that the provincials are kept. Um, but I, I think, to be honest with you, the National League, for me, has has gone stale in the last... I, 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 you know, I, I don't see any major... I, I, I get it's good preparation for your championship and all that, but, you know, from a player's point of view, and look, I'm, I'm gone now since 09, but as you said, I don't think it would be a huge uh, omission from the calendar if it was to go. Um, it could be looked at restructuring and maybe blending the two in together. That's a good idea you have there. Um, but and, Well, basically, and, your National League becomes your championship. Is that well, what yeah, it, that, does, that, yeah, yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and it, it, then your no managers will argue. Well, where's our preparation time and all that type of thing, and that would have to be looked at. But but that's where I would say the provincial championships is that time because is your round robin like your round robin, and yeah. and what you might do is a Clare might or a tip again might win it because Kerry are still only at 75-80% National League mode, are yeah. you with me? Yeah. And whereas the other counties are going to maybe 90-95 and they get there. Um, there's a bit of that in some of the championship even. But um, like the National League, when it's on, people say it's great. But like I would have an issue, like you look at it, Division 2, you know, anybody can get promoted, anybody can get relegated. But like Sean, you played in the year. I've, I'm sick of saying this, but like the noughties, we had the best balance of the lot. Mm-hmm. Because even though we had only the three teams winning all Ireland's, um, but then, you know, the Corks and Dublins were coming along. Any, a lot of teams felt they could, be, like a Meath in 2007, beat Tyrone, a Leash beat Tyrone, Derry beat Tyrone. Right, I, um, you know, Fermanagh beat Armagh, and the reason why those teams were beating them was, I, I, like, I'm sick of saying it. I, you were in an era of playing in the one A, one B, and I, like, I'm sick of saying this, but that allowed 
those counties, like when you look back on it, even though, as I said, those three teams were winning all Ireland's, we had all Ireland semi finalists with Fermanagh, Wexford, Sligo. Like that, that is already gone. That can't, we can't get it back. But why did we disrupt it? Because mm. 1A, 1B was working because Fermanagh was coming up and they weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't up in Division 1A. So they weren't finished near the bottom, but they were getting two or three games against the top six or seven teams. Mm-hmm. And yet a Kerry were able to experiment a little bit against the Westmeath rather than it being peddled in a medal all the way. It, it, was, it was perfect. And so like when a Fermanagh got to the All-Ireland semi-final and quarter-final the year before in 03, they had beaten Meath. They beat Meath in both those championships, but they'd beaten Meath three times in the National League. So they were used to beating them. And, like, and what we did was we created with the 1A, 1B model, a gated community, like whereby the amount of games, the likes of Mayo and Kerry and Dublin have got from playing each other in February and March. So you take a county like Clare, where I'm, I'm in, who have been in Division 2 the last four years, and it take, it's taken on them a lot to stay up. But like they've never had the dubs come to Cusick Park, which they would have had in the 1A, 1B format. Whereas they're playing good teams of their own level, you could argue they'd get even better if they were playing a Mayo and maybe a, you know, a Galway and the following year they're playing a Dublin. Are you with me? Like I, yep. I just feel we haven't looked at um, because it, it, like even then you had technically 16 teams going for the, for the one trophy. Now only eight can win the National League trophy. And I think that has that has diluted or cut a lot of our the competitiveness of the of the middle, the mid cut, the leashes, like um, how they could take anybody uh, back in. It wasn't just a Mikko thing. It was a couple of years after it. So um, there's a look. They are looking at a fixtures regroup, and, and and the big thing now is with the club season, the split season. Sorry, um, they're looking at various models. McGuinness has this uh, blitz that you have, like kind of you have provincial championships, and nationally create your seeding, and then you're into maybe people have shown that they like the blitz format of it. I don't know. We could be here all day about that too. Um, and you could create a situation where a Dublin have to go to our man the first round. But um, yeah, we, we could be here. But going back to you asked me, Paul, about the provincial championships. I, I, my own take would be like even I know a creative bonds. I was interviewing Keen O'Neill there recently. He talked about going up the the disadvantage they didn't have this year that that they didn't actually have to go up North Cork this year up to a Derry or Donegal because he says those those trips actually can create fierce bonding time. But you tell me, I don't know, Sean, what time you would have been getting back on a Sunday <laughs> night in yeah. February, like when yeah, it's yeah. Dank. Yeah, yeah. Whereas whereas you could be playing midweek games, you know, mm-hmm. um under lights like Claire could go down and play a Kerry on a Wednesday night and um, under lights in Tralee, you know, um, it would cut down a lot of the travel at a really bad time of year. Yeah. And you'd still have, so I, I wouldn't, to, f- to finish your tempo, I wouldn't give them the, I wouldn't get rid of them. I wouldn't give them the prominence maybe they've had, you know. Absolutely. I suppose for to get into the semi-finals, um, Dublin Cavan won 24 to 12 points, but it was nearly everything you expected about the game that was going to happen, John. 
Yeah, it was, Paul. Look, I suppose we, you know, people were, were, were trying their best to, you know, to be as positive as they could about Kevin going into the game. But um, for me, look, it was never, there was never going to be any, this was always going to turn out the way it did. Um, it was a tough watch for a neutral, uh, as, as I expected it to be. You know, Kevin, in fairness, look, they've had a fantastic year with their win over Donegal, but they were like deer in the headlights. And um, I think, was it uh, Kieran Cunningham from from the Star had a good tweet there the other day. It's, you you don't know how good Dublin are until you actually play them. You know what I mean? You have to get in there and play them to realise, you know, it's fine for us watching them on TV and seeing, ah, sure, look, Dublin are going to hammer Kevin, like, and, and they did. But it's actually, until you're in there with them and you feel their, their physicality, their skill, their speed, their pace, their skill execution, everything. Just everything. Um, and, you know, Dublin, they don't care if it's Kevin, Mayo, Kerry, Galway, whoever it is. They, they come with the same plan, the same intensity. They're, they're, they're ruthless. And um, they didn't give Dublin, or sorry, they didn't give Kevin a sniff. You know, they didn't really give them a sniff. And sure, it was over. It was over really after 20 minutes. You know, it was, you know, Dublin were just pulling away nice and gradually. Nothing crazy, just were able to do the, you know, they they, 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 they they just execute their game plan time and time again and Kevin had, had just no answer to it, which was expected, you know, it's just Kevin are, are nowhere near that level. Um, but to, to be fair to Kevin, like, they were, they were game out, yeah, the, the, you, you know, when, when it got out to three or four and it looked at, you, you never thought there was a chance that they'd win, but you were going, God, they're, they're game out. They were, they were doing themselves a lot of justice. Let's say by half time, they were doing themselves justice. You'd have to say, like, at halftime in the other game, Tip had not done themselves justice. I mean, it was annihilation territory. It ended up being 15 points, and that just shows you, like, it it wasn't an absolute demolition, annihilation, but it was still, um, you'd have to say, a um, not a walkover, but it was it was still not what you'd expect from a semi-final, really. Mm. Um so, but I, I, Kevin didn't um, disgrace themselves. I actually thought like some of the scores they got were were well worked scores, but like that's what we're reduced to, mm. you know. Whereby God, they they didn't get beaten by twenty five. You know, they didn't let in four goals in the first half. Um, but it, it's like you'd have to say, and it was great that Kevin won Ulster, but I, I think. I think there hasn't actually, because the romance and rightly so, the stories from that weekend where Kevin and Tip winning, but I, and Cork have got some payback. But I, I just you'd have to be looking at it, and we're looking for contenders. You'd be very frustrated with Donegal because this is three years in a row where they've either won Ulster or looked the most dominant team in Ulster. Like when they, when they, when they did the, when they put Armagh to the sword there in the semi-final, because I thought that was the game where they could get tripped up. Mm-hmm. And that's three years, you could say, they've nearly contrived not to get to the semi-final. Like, yeah. I mean, oh, well, uh, as, as, as neutrals, as neutrals, we needed, we needed Donegal and Cork or Kerry in, in, yes, in, in the weekend semi-finals against against uh, Mayo and Dublin like like let's be honest about it as neutrals we needed them there now they didn't get there and that's as mm-hmm. you said it's frustrating and they'd really have to look at themselves why they didn't get there um but 
for, for, from the minute, and I know there was the novelty of it and the romance of it, and it was lovely for for Tip and, and Kevin to be there. And after after ending long droughts, winning their provincials, but this was always going to happen over the weekend. I I know people were probably did you did you expect did you expect no I I didn't expect them Kieran to win by what they did, but I I mentioned last week that if Mayo played to their potential. I, can't, I couldn't see Tipperary getting close to them. Now, I didn't expect them to be the game over at half. You know, I didn't expect to be over at half time and, and so one sided. Um, but I did feel that Mayo had the potential to blitz to blitz Tip. Um, and, 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 and sorry, win comfortably, not win by what they did, but mm. win comfortably. So for me, they, they were always going to be two semi finals where the, the winners were very 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 easy to pick but and that's what's a frustrating thing particularly as a carry man that you know we left the game against Cork after us and 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 then Cork left the game against Tip after them because we needed we needed a Cork or a Kerry yesterday against Mayo we needed a Donegal or a Tyrone against Dublin that's the, uh, from, from a neutral's point of view we didn't get it and we ended up with two very one-sided semi-finals and mm-hmm. again even looking at Brian Fenton again, um, you just have to say like he's the best footballer in the country by a long shot, really. <laughs> you could argue he's the best player in his own team. <laughs> but, but, no, but he is. I mean, there, there's been this discussion um, about, like I was having to remind my own young fellow who was there, like we, we were just watching the games at the weekend. He's nine and you were just trying to explain like this guy is in his sixth year championship and is yet to lose because that's the one other thing. Like they haven't even, like Sean won one or two backdoor All-Irelands. Like, they have not lost a game like in the Super 8s, anything. They have not lost. Like that has to be said. We're talking about getting them out of Crow Park. Like they've gone up to Oma the last two years when we had the Super 8s and won up there. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, wherever you want to play. So, Fenton, right? Um, like, I've been, I grew up, Jack O'Shea was my man, like, even though I was from Cork. Um, and I still would argue he's the best all-round footballer. There was even, like, you'd forget this, like, uh, did you see that clip of the goal he got against Cork in a National That's League right. game? That's right, a National League game, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. must have been around 89, 91, in yeah. the not golden years, and the declining years, but yeah. still... Like, like so, because because Jacko was, he could score one three from midfield, like like he did it in All Ireland. Like the eighty five was watching the eighty five All Ireland again in lockdown, like you know, he, he kicked three points from midfield, you know, in the first twenty minutes. So the next I saw to that was Tohill with Derry. I felt was just, uh, you know, could do everything in football, like field, go up and score. Uh, like we had brilliant midfielders in the knot, Kieran Whelan to a point. Like with Dara, Dara might only score a point every third game. I think Dara scored 17 points in 51 championship games, whatever it was. Um, Fenton is averaging three or four points a game. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean the work. Like I, I did a stat attack um, for the paper there in 2018. And I went through the scoring stats of midfielders through the years. I had done one on half backs or backs and how it had gone from, we thought Paddy was a high scorer. And I think Paddy, because he scored in a couple of All-Irelands, but Paddy only scored, I think, seven points in 50 championship games. Then Tomas comes along. Then Lee Keegan brings it to another level. So I did the same thing in midfield. 
uh, from play. And Jacko was the man. Brian Mullins got three goals, I think, in one of the mid-70s campaigns. But Fenton became the leading scorer. I haven't done it this year. But like, but he, Mick Foley from the was interviewing him the week after that and told him about that. And Fenton, we talk about these little invisible victories, like these little, like Fenton, not that he was out to do that, but he got such a buzz upon hearing that because of the work. He was, he was on All-Ireland number two or three, but felt... I could become a better scorer, and the work he put into his kicking, like, mm. like, and no, you're seeing it every day. Yeah. Like, he's not just he, get it to the shooters; he is the shooter. He is the shooter. Sure, he his last point the other night, yep. he found himself inside around the 21, 30 yard line, and he let out just bang onto his right, swiveled. I'd say, did he even take a look at the post? It it was a full forward score. It was a full forward score. Yeah, absolutely. Most like, natural, most natural, like, uh, uh, the most natural forward in the world would have been proud of it. It was like, just because I would answer your question, and you might be right, Paul. Although, jeez, Kilkenny. But I remember having this argument about. Um, remember when I was back in the old Sunday Tribune days back when Sean would have been playing and <laughs> Jack would maybe be telling you don't be reading that faster there but <laughs> I remember doing it like if there was 15 of one player who who that's how you that's how, that's how you know who's the best player if you had 15 and we were talking I remember the great Wishy Fogarty would talk about Mick O'Dwyer he wouldn't make a lot of these team of the century teams because where, where did you play him mm-hmm. there were better corner. he was too versatile and early but 15 Dwyers was as good a player as you've ever had from Kerry but the point is, is, and I often felt this about Moynihan, like um, I was even doing a piece with Joe Kevin and Derek Haneda, and after Cork had beaten Kerry in 99, there was, it was the first National League game back in Christmas, you know, they played back in November. Moynihan played midfield that day and got four points. But because he was more a wing-back, if they were in trouble, cornerback. That year in 2000, they were in trouble at full-back, so he went back there. But like Moynihan could go up. If Moynihan had to be, you tell me, if he had to play midfield and you'd, or if he had to play a wing forward, he'd have got his two or three points. He'd have worked no on it. No Fenton is doing this now. Um, so to answer your question, uh, like we, it was, uh, we saw exceptional footballers um, in the noughties and all this midfield, the Paul McGrains, but they couldn't go and score that score or score four points again. No, he, he is... Phenomenal, like, and I, I saw, I heard Colum Keys from the Irish Indo just talk yesterday about the has there ever been a better axis than Fenton and Kilkenny? We never thought of it that way before. Like, would you have had it with Jacko? Would Ogie wasn't that personality? It wasn't as much a tandem, but the way they do run it, and again, it's a different team. This is the they're the second wave. This is their post Brogan and Connolly. It became their like. Even when I was doing the book with Bernard, he even talked about, like in American sport in particular, they talk about whose team is it? You know, is it Kobe's team or Shaq's team? Like it, it went from in that even Gavin's first, uh, you know, the 2013, even 2015, it was kind of that Flynn, um, Brogan team. It became, it's become like Kilkenny and Fenton. Well, and it goes back to what, yeah. and, 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 you know, they talk like in basketball again about, the coach on the field is the point on the court is the point guard like Kilkenny and Fenton are and you have to give it like I think one thing we've to, and you touched on it earlier is Desi Farrell how seamless he's made this because it like I mean as much a great job as Pat did let's say taking over from Jack or the way or Jack taking over from Pat again it was different, wasn't it? And it looked different, or it felt different. 
this is just it's the same it's it's incredible i'd love to know what kind of handover conversations what way he has changed it he's changed the personnel a bit but let's say i was taken by even that pre-covid they they did stay in the same training base in fails during the winter you know i thought right will he shake that up so the decisions of what to keep what to shake up uh, and look um so he, he's done a he's done an outstanding job there and Sean, even just talking to Shane Carty from St. Vincent's, who was with Dublin for a few years, I thought he made a very good point with this Dublin team. It's all about the team rather than individuals. Like if you're looking at the other teams, Mayo, Killian O'Connor, Kerry, Clifford, Tyrone, Conor McKenna, there's no over-reliance on one player save to, to be injured for the next day. No, there isn't. And you actually took the words out of my mouth. They're never injured. They're never injured. They never get injured. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that uh, Kieran talks about the management there, but the backroom team and strength and conditioning coaches and physios, uh, they, they, I, I, you know, they, they're rare. They, you rarely hear Dublin get a big injury. I mean, Finton, like, when was the last time that man missed the game or, or Kilkenny, these fellas? It's just incredible. Um, no, there's, there's no over-reliance on anybody, Paul. They're just... You know, it's 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 just incredible. You know the way they're able to to spread the load. They're 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 full of leaders. Um, I know we talk about Finton and Kilkenny, and they are vital. They are certainly vital to them. But they've you know they've just got leaders all over the field. Um, in an in an unassuming kind of way, they just they do it by their actions. You know, they just get out there and do the job. Um, and you know, just again, it goes back to you know having that. That quality of player without within your squad. I mean, Kieran talks about our our team during the noughties. It was all about you know competition for places, high high quality training sessions because you knew that if you weren't at it, um, if you were lucky enough to be on that for starting fifteen, if you if you took a night off or if you weren't at it on a Tuesday or Thursday night, and there was a Darren O'Sullivan or an Owen Brosnan on the other side who was at it, uh, you know. The A versus B game half time would come, and all of a sudden you'd find yourself down on the B team, and 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 Darren would be up in your place on the A team, and that's that's I think that's the way Dublin operate all the time. There's no sentiment. Um, if you're in form, if you're if you're playing well, you're in, um, and if you're not, there's a guy coming up behind you who's going to go in and and as we keep saying the word seamlessly do the job and 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 get the job done, and that's that's where they're at. It's. It's incredible to watch. They're they're a force of nature. How they're going to be stopped? Will they be stopped? We don't know. We we'll see what Mayo can bring to the table. I'm sure. I'm sure Mayo will bring something to the table. Will it be enough? I'm not sure. Um, we'll hope for a good final, but hard to see Dublin not not doing that six in a row. They just they're they're oozing quality. They're oozing class. Um, where they where where's their weak link? If you're James Horn. And your backroom team here, and you sit down. You sit down this week. You go. How do we get at these guys? Where do you start? Like, where do you start? Whereas Dublin will look at Mayo and go, Jesus. Tip should have well, had, uh, yeah, tip, well, yeah. Tip should have had two goals in the first ten minutes from high balls in. You know, so you know, mm. I would be surprised to see Dublin attack that that Mayo full back line the next day. But where where do Mayo attack Dublin? Where do they go? Yeah, it'll be interesting because, like you were looking at it, as you say, there was two concerns for Mayo. As much as there was so much encouraging, there was so much to be encouraged by. I mean, they 
I said I'd be disappointed with the last quarter. It reminded me, and I just know, like, from having done Mickey Hart's book in 03, like, they took a lot of... Remember in 03, Riscommon made a rally against you in the quarter final. Right. Do you remember that game? Like, yeah. they said, oh, there's a bit of chink there. It got sloppy. You can see mm -hmm. it's her goal. And it, whereas, you know, like, Mayo in other years uh, without actually winning it, but let's say... When they went ahead of Donegal in 2013, they did not let go. They just mm -hmm. scorched the earth. They had that opportunity. That last quarter was sloppy. And there's two oh, things. Yeah. There is given up goal chances before it. I think they had given up five goal chances. But I'd say in that last quarter alone, they gave up five. Now, part of it was personnel. And I do think, right, the one thing that I, th I think Horn has done an exceptional job. We're talking about Farrell in terms of transitioning seamlessly. Um, Horan has refreshed this team hugely and he has given young fellas their head um, you know the likes of O'Donoghue it's just it's like seeing when Lee Keegan and you know that halfback line of 2012 coming mm -hmm. through like Keegan and Vaughan um, they've got now McLaughlin they've got um, Conroy is Conroy's the kind of corner They haven't yeah. had that kind of corner no. far before. They t there was a couple of times where you felt a Freeman or a Doherty when he was playing inside could become that. They didn't quite like that. That he's he's a carry corner forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's that kind of player, a Carmo Costello type that Mayo haven't really produced before. So there's so much to be excited about. But I think as much as it's great that he's given, uh, like. Uh, the, you know, a couple of players have talked about even in his previous tenure, he would use the line, particularly during the league, that lads, if it's 50-50 between a guy who's been around a while and a young fella, I'm going to give it to the young fella. So in other words, if you're the veteran, you have to be at least 5% better. I'm not going to give you the nod and experience. I think that's been a very good policy when it comes to the starting 15. But what I felt, I felt what cost Rochford in those years in 16-17 was... Mayo beat Dublin's. Dublin's Mayo's starting fifteen beat Dublin's starting fifteen on the score sheet. But uh, when it came to the cavalry, mm. Dublin had a better cavalry. They had the Kevin McManaman factor, right? Mm. And I just felt when people were writing off Mayo in twenty eighteen, I felt no, if it could be reinvented, you have your Keith Higgins coming off the bench, your Andy Morans coming off the bench. Andy's now gone. Now I don't know what way it's gone that these guys have dropped off so much. Or has it become a self-fulfilling prophecy that management are looking to give the young fellas the benefit? But I would say, for the starting 15, give the young fellas the benefit of the doubt. But when it comes to the bench, particularly against the Dublin, I still think a Cullen Boyle, a, even a Shamie O'Shea, or to a lesser extent, a Keith Higgins coming on at the end, rather than a Jordan Flynn coming on. I know there's no Mayo crowd, but I think even the players, I think Aidan O'Shea would prefer to see Cullen Boyle running in not not the not the guys who I've mentioned as such, but a guy who's been there, done it, and who a Dublin player respects, yeah. you know, and mm. um, who who's been there. I just feel that that was part of it. I I felt Chris Barrett was taken off. They were probably minding him when he went off. The floodgates really opened. Yeah. As much as O'Hara is a good guy, you know, maybe you see that's the way Horn was maybe thinking. You know, just give this guy minutes, you know, that'll help him for next year. I, like, the amazing thing about these two guys is they're not just looking to the next game. They're looking to next year. There's a project here. 
Um, but for an All-Ireland final, I just think that's something they'll have to look at. I know Higgins had a very shaky, rusty 10-15 minutes, but he's been brought on the last three, or he had three weeks between now. There's two weeks. I, I, I would look back at one or two of those guys to come off the bench because I think Mayo can live with, with them the first 15 minutes. It will be fascinating how Mayo set up because in their previous setups, um, uh, you know, in 2016, 2017, Rochford was more willing to maybe have that bit more defensive cover than when James likes to kind of nearly play man to man at the back. Mm-hmm. And there isn't as much cover, but like, like Dublin can beat you every way, you know. But they particularly like they would they would say that they pri- they, they they love playing man to man. They love playing against Mayo because they know it'll be a contest. But they also think they'll win in a shootout, mm. you know. And there will always be that discussion in Mayo. Andy Moran often talks about the 20-point mark, but that, that's not particularly high-scoring, no. This game no. could be... The losing team in this final might score 23. Yeah. But, like, but, but, but like can you win um, a shootout against the Dubs? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't basically think so. Um, if Mayo, Mayo need... Like when in previous times and even in Kennelly and Holmes... The two-goal mark was the problem. Dublin would outgoal them, whereas in, when Rochford came in, Mayo were able to hold them to a goal. If Mayo were able to hold Dublin to a goal, um, they'd have a great chance. But the way they're set up at the moment, you have to say, is it, it might even be three mm. that they're geared to give up. And you mentioned the two-goal chances, Sean. But like, if you're to say Tipperary to get two goal chances in the first half and it fell to Sweeney and Quinlivan, you would have said it would have been goal straight away. Yeah, Quinlivan's one was funny because I don't know, was he trying to trick David Clark or did he actually see or did he think he saw a Tipperary player coming up on his right? Remember that? He kind of stopped and went to give a kind of a false hand pass. Now, maybe he was using that as a kind of a jink to maybe throw Clark off and then come back in his left. I have to say Clark, Clark didn't buy it and he made a great save. Uh, I, I, I think Clark is... I think Clark is a very, very good shot stopper, and he, the one from Sweeney, really was, you know, that was that that should have, that was a nice height for him. That should have been saved. Um, I I don't think his his uh, kickouts are great, Clark. To be honest with you, I've I've mm. often said it. I don't think his his restarts are very good, and I think that's where Dublin can really get at Mayo. To be honest, but from a shot stopping point of view, he's up there with the best in the country. Now, look, lads, if Tip had got those two goals, am I saying they would have won the game? I, I don't know, but it definitely would have given them a foothold and would have given them massive confidence. And it may just have got Mayo, you know, it would have got those question marks floating around the Mayo heads again, but they didn't take them. And down the other end, Mayo took their chances. Killian O'Connor mm. took his mm. chances. That was the difference. That was in the first 15, 20 minutes, that was the difference. Mayo, Mayo buried their chances and, and, and Tip didn't. But I'm not saying the Tip would have gone on to win the game. Uh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think Mayo would have been... I don't think Mayo would have been rattled. I, I think Mayo would still have won. They've done it so often, like where they've come down from, like even when they made their breakthrough in 2011. You know, do you remember, Sean? Oh, no, you were gone by 2011, but there were Kerry beat Limerick and Cork, where everyone thought it'd be a Cork Kerry final, actually, or semi final. But Mayo beat Cork, and even though, they, but they went like six or seven down early in the game, and people, mm-hmm. the crowd were going, oh, here we go again. But 
those Mayo boys have they've bounced like you remember when Riscommon Riscommon mm-hmm. got a couple of early goals against them but then Lee Keegan went up the field I think Mayo would have done it but would still have won but it would have been a three or four a game to give you no confidence at all going in against the Dubs whereas now like lads, like we've been talking here for an early an hour, we haven't mentioned really Killian O'Connor. Like he broke the scoring championship record, and I just think he is—he's so—he's actually underestimated. I mean, I was on a podcast with Spillane on Friday, and he was saying that um, you know Killian O'Connor, a great man to get one twelve against Leitrim, but in the really big games. But like, actually, when you look at it, his Crow Park scoring record. And his scoring record in the All Ireland series is actually better than his record in the, in, in the provincial championships. He, he has he has scored. I I was making it out like he, the amount of goals he scored in quarterfinals and semi-finals, uh, and he, in big games against Dublin. He just unfortunately he missed those two key frees in 16-17. But even in those games, he he kicks amazing scores from play just a minute or two before those. Like he's. Like I remember talking to Mayo people just when he was coming through, he he reminds me a bit of Mike Frank, Sean. You know, mm, he's more yeah. he's not he's not a genius like Gooch or one or two of the rock stars, which may be why he hasn't got the credit. But just a point taker can get a goal, um, and he, he like he is now, you know, played in nine out of ten years in the All Ireland semi final. Like he he like he's and to to score four goals and he gets. The, the second goal was a great goal, like finish, great like finish. taking great the shoulder, finish. taking the hand off. Wrong. Was, yeah. was that was that who was that from O'Shea or was uh, it from uh, or it O'Donoghue, O'Donoghue was it? Uh, no, yeah. I think it was. I think it was Aidan O'Shea. Yeah, it was and, like. Jeez, he just he, he I can't remember the Tipperary defender now, but he just literally one-handed him out of the way and buried it. But my point, Kieran, is on Killian, and I think he's a fantastic footballer. Great, great. I, I like your comparison with Mike Frank, very just a real score getter. But my worry is the next day, if he's held, if he's held, and I know we've spoken about Conroy, O'Donoghue, Dermot O'Connor to a certain extent, Aidan O'Shea is not scoring freely, even though he's a vital cog in there. Do you know what I mean? If, if to switch it up the other end, if Conor Callaghan is held, do you know what I mean? It's not a big worry for Dublin because they'll still get enough from the rest. Will Mayo get enough from the rest if Killian is held? That's that would be my worry for him, you know. And unfortunately for Killian, whatever it may be, he has had, I suppose, some of his lesser performances in All Ireland finals. Um, so he might be there might be a bit of added pressure on him to step up to the plate now the next day again. But and he may do so because he has the quality to do it. But if he doesn't. I'd worry for Mayo that if you, if especially if it's a shootout, and as you mentioned, it could take a huge score to win, um, and he's not, he's not firing. I, I you know, I, I'd worry for them. I'd worry mm. for them. Like, yeah, like they're going to need goals. We, see, we yeah. seem to be previewing the final here now already. But <laughs> yeah, well, which are like that's the natural thing. Like, I, know, I know because it wasn't, it wasn't about Kerry and Tip and its own, or sorry, Mayo and Tip and its own merits. It is always. As a yeah. preview, early and um, that that is a like I like I would say O'Connor like in in those All Irelands um, and a lot of them like his free taking bar those one or two misses um, like 
you know, he, he his free taking has been very good in those finals. And I thought, like in seventeen um, or sixteen, if you remember, he brought it to a replay, playing a one-two right. up by the forty-five. I thought it was the best individual right, clutch great. score. Great score. It's just yeah. that like it didn't win the All Ireland. Yeah. Um, so he, ha- you know, so he's here having to start again. But the only thing is, is um, he'll take watching. I, I think you touched on something which has been a concern. Like, I, I wouldn't worry about Killian O'Connor in All-Irelands. I think Aidan O'Shea has played well in All-Irelands, but he's never scored in an All-Ireland. If you look at Mayo's last game of the year, Aidan hasn't scored. That's a, that's a scary stat of the last 10 years. Uh, yeah, I think he got a goal against Meath in 2009, and since then he's only in Mayo's last game in the year. He's only scored, I think, one point in those ten games. So, and he and and in, in a few of those games, now there's no crowd, but he's taken three or four shots, and the ball has just gone wide. Mm. And whatever about the crowd and that in him, whereas he's one of those guys. If it goes over, it's Mayo's day. Now the crowd isn't there, but even psychologically for him. That he so and you know like you're talking about Dublin, Dublin weaknesses like it's too easy to say the high ball but there are a couple of um, you could say O'Shea has a height advantage or a strength advantage there to win marks lay the ball off like we said there but let's say if he gets the mark is he comfortable taking the shot for the mark is one mm-hmm. thing I'd have to worry about. Yeah, yeah. But like like if you told me if it, you're asking me I think Aidan O'Shea has to do something that he hasn't done before for Mayo to do something they haven't done before. I think you need two or three scores from Aidan O'Shea. Mm. I, 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 um, as well as just being that facilitator and, and they're going to need at least two goals. Like there's they still have your right like you know when you when you go through it there Conroy might have a certain scoring firepower. Conroy Obviously. will worry Dublin. Conroy will worry Dublin. I think. Mm. I, I, I think they'll worry. I, I, I see. I think I, he's a great bit of stuff. I know it's his first uh, season. Paul, you probably know more about him from being up, uh, up there in Connacht, but you probably saw him at, at underage level. I, I didn't see a whole pile of him until this year, but, geez, he's, he's just natural. He's a natural danger man. He's, even though he's a little bit slight and small, he's well able to win his ball. He's speedy. He can turn you. He can draw fouls. Mm. I know they call him Tommy Goals. He's he knows where the goals are. Like you know, I, I think he'll he'll worry Dublin. And you know, maybe if the the as you said, Kieran, if Dublin are worried about high ball indeed, no shame and and trying to keep the shackles on Killeen O'Connor, it could be a day for Conroy to make hay. Then like you it know. could be Conroy, but it, it's it's other guys too. The second wave, like a Kevin McLaughlin. Mm, you know, yeah. who's been just one of those, like you could relate to a Kevin McLaughlin, mm. like that wing forward, underestimated and understated. But um, he's a kind of, in early, like they'd say in hurling a lot, the, you know, Anthony Daly would talk about, you know, the, the Fergie Toohey factor, you know, mm. that kind of calibre player is the man of the match rather than a Killian O'Connor, the, the James, he's having to be the man of the match. Kevin McLaughlin is someone who's capable of it. Like I mentioned, when Mayo made a statement about we're going to be in Crow Park for a while, was uh, in that 2011. He just came out, if you remember, against Cork, broke through bullet. He he put it over the bar yesterday. That kind yes, of yes, that's right. But he just went on a solo run. He's the kind of guy that you'd be looking for, as you say. Are they going to get the scores? Particularly if let's say they curb Killian somewhat, and Killian's reduced to only two scores from play. You're going to need maybe a Kevin McLaughlin cutting through, getting that goal and up two points. He's someone who's capable of it, but oh, has an early yeah. start seeing himself as, I'm, I, I'm going to be someone who's 
who's going to take it on because look why have Mayo been so competitive um, against them like Andy Moran wasn't afraid to take that shot you know no, and get his no. three points um, you know Jason Doherty was good to come up and get a score or two he, he missed that goal chance in 17 but you know, O'Connor like, is capable of getting a goal yeah. in a couple of points well capable yeah, of yeah. and you know? come here like you see like you were looking at the game yesterday and you're saying oh, that that was a soft dodgy goal. He's got he's got three or four goals like that. Yeah, he did it against Kerry in the 17 replay, if you remember, right, high yeah. ball in and just yeah. ghosted in and pammed it in. And he's someone off that. But look, you're there looking at it. We've been talking. Then just the firepower. Like we're talking about a Kevin McLaughlin being able. Niall Scully could just yeah, easily no. do that. No, There's no. they have ten of them. Like have, you know, yeah. they have ten ten guys yeah. who could do that. And yeah. and Fenton, as we've talked about, and that is another thing. I like that Mayo have been thinking a little bit outside the box because if you at midfield, like in 2013, if you look at it, like O'Shea was sensational that year in midfield, but then they put Keno Sullivan on him and ran him around mm -hmm. and negated him. It wasn't they outplayed him, but they negated him uh, because they were thinking more unconventional rather than two big guys. Now, Mayo are the ones with Loftus in the middle. But what way do you see it going there, with you, around the middle, and we've even on the Dublin kickout, or what way Mayo do they keep with Loftus and 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 Ruan there against? I, I yeah, I think he won't change that. I think mm -hmm. he won't change it. I think he'll keep it. I think he'll keep it, and he'll he'll maybe ask Desi Farrell a question what he does to to counteract it. Finton's obviously going to be there. James McCarthy is probably your 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 guy for Loftus. Would he be? I, I just mm -hmm. off the top of my head, I haven't even thought about it. But he he'd be oh, yeah, yeah, he'd be yeah. he'd be tailor made for him, like you know. Um, but again, as you said, Dublin will play it any way you want. You know they'll they'll because they, they they have the solutions. They just have the solutions. It might take them maybe a couple of minutes to sort mm -hmm. it out in play, but they just have the solutions if if they mm -hmm. if they need it. And if he can't if he can't sort it out in front of him. He'll just look behind him and he'll find somebody up there that can, you know. But um, mm. it'll be intriguing. I, I just, I keep saying it. I just hope it's a good final for for everyone's sake. I really do. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Um, just finally, I suppose Galway Cork and the ladies um, is being talked about so much. Six for Pernell Park, moved to Crow Park, but then there's an All Ireland final in Pernell Park on Saturday, uh, but the pitch was frozen. Um, what did you make of? It all here. It's it's very very sad, like because we're in 2020, 20 by 20, and about how women's sports supposed to be elevated. Uh, the one day that women's ladies football has uh, to showcase its popularity is All Ireland final day, which and the crowds they get, they won't have that now. But the better measure of a of ladies football and where it is, it is often the semi-finals and unfortunately we've had some very good games but you know um, maybe only 2,000 people at wherever it's at and okay the crowd couldn't be controlled but the fact that you had such messing with the venues and whatever about the venues right the fact like the, the notion of a referees shouting at these players that they couldn't get an extra four minutes of a warm-up and because I think even because they were saying that part of it was the danger of it going to extra time. Like you tell me, like the chances of that happening, like would you not have given it an extra half hour 
or that extra half hour pushed it out. And if it if it needed a replay, in the one percent chance it was a draw, we, we'll have the replay next week. Okay, like th- th- there there was a lack of uh, of common sense to it all. It it raises the whole issue of where does the LGFA stand in relation to the J overall? Um, I think, I, and people are talking about merging with Camogie. I think it all just has to come in under the umbrella of the J. It just has to, because like whatever about there's a lot of talking about the 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 funding of the women's uh, with the government grant, the Sports Ireland grant. That's another issue. But where I do have a major issue is with how the ladies are treated within their own counties and like even access to pitches. Like I remember being at Donegal or Dublin and Mayo played a National League or an All-Ireland final in front of 50,000 or 40,000, whatever it was in 2017. But I remember the year before, I happened to be just around in 2016 at a National League game they were playing in Ballinrobe and I showed up at the wrong pitch. I was at the Ballinrobe GA pitch, but it was or it wasn't was a Ballinrobe or was a Swinford. It was it was it was it was some venue like that. I was at the wrong venue. I went to it and it was more a community facility, right? There there wasn't a scoreboard at the match. There was people watching two of the best three teams in the country at the time playing. Uh, it was on a dark. Uh, dank February day and you couldn't know the score. You had to follow it on Twitter to know or keep be keeping it yourself to know what the score it was a two-point game. And I remember thinking like th- these are two of the top three teams. They're playing on a pitch that is an afterthought. So it's a whole mindset and like it, it comes to you know our local clubs like you know the girls being sent down to the back pitch or getting the other slot. That, there, that has to be a whole rethink like I come from a sport like basketball as much as I come from a J background. Like the women's national finals are played, used to have um, equal standing with the men's or they'd be on the same bill or now they're so big they have stand alone. But there's that equitability, that equality. Like I, I think it has to be, the LGFA can still be a subcommittee within the J, but I think it has to be integrated in. So situations like this, or avoided. It was, I know there was multiple factors, but as Kevin McStay said last night, the notion that Limerick was a standby and it, the only thing that could put it off was the prospect of Limerick getting to an All Ireland would need the, the training, uh, need need the pitch for training. Like, that was a 70% likelihood, you know, that that was going to happen. So it, it it's a mess. And unfortunately, and the sad thing is, is like, There'll be more. Here we are. We're talking about it. We're not talking about Sir Noonan or you know who's going to take up. Like we've been talking about the men's finals and the matchups and all that. We're not talking about you know is Neil Collins going to be taken up Noonan or you know what you know who takes up Kiro Sullivan or what you know what do Cork do this year with Noel Healy? We're not having that conversation. We're talking about this. It's it, it's it's really disappointing. Um. So yeah, that's what I think of it, Paul. I don't know about the two of you. Yeah, I I uh, I spent two years coaching the Kerry ladies down here, lads. Um, I was uh, Alan O'Neill from from Killarney was the manager, and he brought me in as as fitness and and skills coach for two years. I I have to say, I really enjoyed it with them, and and we had uh, we actually beat Cork in the Munster final, Kieran. We were <laughs> we were uh, we were delighted, but uh, I. 
first of all, like what what those girls uh, put in those two years I was involved, what they put into their sport is just absolutely phenomenal. It's 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 as much, if not more, than what the men do. Um, but I could see from the very outset that, uh, and I I mean this in the, in in the, the nicest possible way, they they were treated within the GA as second class citizens. Um, in what in way? Services, uh, facilities, um, you know, even what came up recently about the mileage, looking after their own their own expenses for 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 mileage, you know, that type of stuff. Um, trying to you know just to, to sort out accommodation all that gear just even the simplest things alan o'neill would would give you a better insight into it but you see, but, you, but, but but part of the problem you see is this is that it that there is a kerry county board a, a kerry lgfa county board they mm. don't have fundraisers in new york no where dara and the boys go over and that money they don't have a gate of 40,000 when they play Cork. Yeah. And whatever about the government funding, I that, that's a separate issue to me. Like if you if you even take you you take um they had title is it nine or title eleven in America where basically equal scholarships opportunity for women's sport that there had to be as many scholarships opened up for women uh, to go to college. Like you take a um, those big programs, like, and 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 the one place where the the girls have equal treatment is in the colleges. Mm. You know, like they have the same access to pitches, they have the same access to uh, pitch, uh, you know, facilities, dressing rooms, S and C, the lot. But but because because the colleges are well resourced and they have that ethos, whereas. You know, unfortunately, like they're, you know, the the men's game is based on the banquet, the corporate tables, corporate dinners model. Um, ladies Gaelic football, unfortunately, is still working from the rattle the buckets at LGFA level. Yes, like the little sponsorship, etc., has been brilliant, but on on the individual units, like even a Kerry County Board, the reason why the girls, part of why that is, is. You know, so part of it is finances, but there should still be an imperative that, like, you, like, yeah, like, you, I'd say you were scrambling to get club pitches, were you, Sean? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was no look. We look, we were probably in a in a better position than a lot of other counties. I know we got real help from the the Institute of Technology in Tralee. They they right. that was our main training base, and in fairness to them, they always came up trumps. But again, there could have been an evening where you know. Um, uh, 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 a college's senior league game, hurling game or football game going on in the good pitch with the floodlights and we might have to go down onto a small little training area uh, to do our warm-up before that game was finished which mean you were there till you know, nine, half nine, ten o'clock at night because, you know, but my point is, Kieran, and it's just following up on yours, until the day comes that we're, they're all under the one umbrella this is going to be an issue because and I get it, the LGFA could still be a, a subcommittee or a subboard within that. But until these girls and these games are recognised under the CMG umbrella, we'll, we'll, they'll still be fighting this fight for, for forever. It, it has to come in as one and it has to be recognised as one. Um, until that happens, they're, they're, you know, they're, it's, it's not going to improve. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, that's all I uh, show for today. Thanks many for your time, lads.